What's going on, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Rookie Ball, part two of the Bengals special episode. I really hope you guys enjoyed part one, and just to give a recap, we talked about the game with Anthony Coletta and also recapped the halftime show with Michael Powell. In this part, we'll be interviewing a real rookie about the game and, of course, going into the offseason with my cousin Brennan Higus. So, I hope you guys enjoy. Let's hit it! So we have a very special returning guest here today. Jacob, he's back. Introduce yourself. Hi, everyone. For people who don't remember me, my name is Jacob, as stated. Hi, Phoenix. Jacob also helped us predict the Oscar, uh, some of the nominations that came out a week ago. He's back because Jacob watched his first official Super Bowl on Sunday. Jacob, are you glad you did it? You glad you got out of the way? No. <laughs> no? Really? Was it because of the result or just not what you expected it to be? I mean, I think because of the result. Yeah. I wonder... I, you know, I'll say yes. I'll say yes. Okay. I, it just... It sucked. <laughs> it's, well, it's, yeah. Well, obviously you were in a room of Bengals fans, so... Maybe not the the side you want to see at the end. Yeah. Yeah, the, the upset, the tears, the anger, the shock. Uh, mostly all from me. <laughs> but, you know, that's how it goes in the NFL. You have a losing side and you have a winning side and you have a 50-50 shot. I had fun in the first half. The first half was very fun. There was a little boost that they had going. Now, I gotta ask, as I said in the intro, we have a real rookie coming in. And that is because we embrace everybody, the non-sports watchers, the intense sports watchers, everybody, people that just watch it for the halftime show. We embrace everybody here at Rookie Ball. And so I got to know, what was some of your favorite moments of the game? Did you have a big moment where you're like, okay, this is intense. This is awesome. Uh, the second touchdown from the Bengals, the mask grab. Yeah, the one where he grabbed it. Okay, T. Higgins, face mask, Jalen Ramsey, threw him to the ground, ran for a touchdown, no call. Touchdown, Bengals. Now, a lot of people are saying that that was a face mask. Do you think it was a face mask? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. He grabbed him. Anybody who says that's not a penalty, even if it says it in the books or anywhere, that's a penalty. Now, Jacob, with all the interviews, and I actually have done this, I just kind of let them say what they want to say at the beginning, say like anything that's on the top of their mind about the topic that I'm talking to them about. So you saw a Super Bowl for the first time. What's the first things that come to your mind? bars um my overall thoughts on having to watch the super bowl um was again first half really great had fun energy was good and this specifically that last quarter um actually no just the the second half of the game was excruciating because in the third quarter we were just waiting for anyone to do anything and you know, Bengals were up. I was hoping just nothing would happen, like <laughs> nothing, because if something happened, it was over. And then in quarter four, something happened. Um, and yeah, especially with the narrative about the Bengals uh, always having like a comeback in the second half of the game, it was weird to watch the Rams have the Bengals moment, even though the Rams throughout the season weren't seen as an underdog. It because they were down in the first half, it allowed them to take that narrative that belonged to the Bengals and just kind of pissed me off. Mm -hmm. um, well, because we saw the the first half ended with 13-10 Rams, and we thought we were going to see, even though three points is not a huge deficit, we thought we were going to see another Bengals uh, comeback, and we did. They came out and they got up to like 21 points. It was 21-13. to 13. It was looking pretty good and looked like we were just going to dominate the second half. But yeah, like you said, they had a Bengals moment uh, in a little more of an even epic way, honestly, because it's the last drive of the game. You know, the Bengals are only going to have one more chance after this. Uh, some crazy plays, some questionable plays, some questionable calls that happened at the end of the game. Um, I also wish it just, it just ended. 
because it was like it was, <laughs> I do too, you know. It was like you got stabbed and you know that like that was a fatal wound, but they just keep stabbing you and you just keep not dying. Are you implying like the Bengals last drive where they were trying to tie it up? No, no, no. The Rams getting that touchdown that won them the game. Yeah. Cause like it was clear they were right at the the, the like one yard line. Yeah. And just going over and over and over again. I was like, I, of course it's gonna happen. Well, mm. like, but I have to wait for thirty more minutes. Especially after you saw some of the calls that happened that were like very questionable. You knew what side they wanted this to go to almost at that point. And so you knew that they were going to get the touchdown. And as a Bengals fan, you're almost like, just let them score at this point so we can have some time to go. But as in, I know you were watching it with Bengals fans, but as a person getting into sports, was this a, a fun game to watch? Medium. Medium. Now, I will let you know this is considered one of the like most intense Super Bowls of all time. Uh, sure, yeah. I mean, like I said, that fourth quarter was intense, and it was just like being... <laughs> just like shooting a dead horse or you know the Sim- the, mo- yeah, the Simpsons moment like stop he's already dead yeah. yeah so like I get it it was it was really intense um it wasn't well I guess again I haven't seen a full football game before besides this so one, yeah. yeah so I understand that you know touchdowns aren't just happening left and right mm-hmm. but I wish I wish there was a little bit more of that like back and forth rather than you know just pushing and pushing mm-hmm. and it all coming to nothing like what happened in the third quarter yeah well then i guess i should ask like with this being your one example of a full football game does this make you want to watch more football games or is this ever you are you retiring from football watching today i'm not i'll put it this way phoenix there's no chance I'm going to sit down, turn on a TV, and watch a football game without you or someone like you in the room. Okay. So, you are officially retiring <laughs> from football watching. No, no. Okay. Well, you know, obviously, if you don't have the intentions or the wants to watch a football game, you can always come on here every Tuesday and Friday and hear the results of them. Exactly. I'll be I'll be listening every Tuesday and Friday at uh, 6 p.m. Central Time. <clears throat> yes. Um and I mean there's a good chance I'm going to have to watch another football game. Well, yeah, most likely with the way the Bengals are trending towards a, a Super Bowl team almost every year. Uh, I'm assuming you will most likely be seeing be seeing a lot of Bengals games. That is not a sentence you could catch yourself saying two minutes after the Super Bowl ended. What? That the the Bengals are well a contender, not, oh, not they're, like they're making it the Super Bowl every I know, year. I know, a, I know. a contender. I know that's to that's... possibly make it. Uh, that's not a sentence you could have said since. Uh... It's not a sentence you could have said six months ago. I don't think you could have said it 30 years ago. I don't think you could have said it in a 30-year span that the Bengals are a Super Bowl contender. They've made the playoffs, haven't won a playoff game since the 90s. Um, until now, 2022, won a playoff game. I will say uh, I, I, I followed Joe Burrow on Twitter. He's a, so... I, I definitely think it the game endeared me to him. Yeah. And... The, the two people's faces who I saw constantly was just Joe Burrow. And, again, he's not the quarterback, but because he was injured, Odell Beckham Jr. They kept showing him throughout the, throughout the, throughout the game. Yeah, so it just – I connected with those players more than anything. And, I, like I told you, I was – the thing that I – that makes – the thing that makes sports and watching them and keeping up with them make sense to me is – in enjoying like the characters of the players and so definitely like i i care about joe burrow now. yeah and when i so you say you checked out his twitter i will say this and i have no motivation because obviously joe burrow doesn't need my promotion it whether you're a sports goer or not like check out his twitter he's actually really funny um especially when he's like back in high school he would just tweet the most random stuff 
uh, he has a little tweet that just says, I love the science channel, uh, which just like, I don't, it has no explanation or no context or all. He just says that randomly. Um, he's a very comedic guy and you wouldn't get that because when he's on the football field and when he's on the press conferences, he does take it very seriously. Uh, he wants to win. That's really all he cares about. He doesn't care about his individual stats. Uh, and so when you see him on the football field, he's probably the most serious guy you'll ever see. But he kind of has this sarcastic, uh, mean tone comedy to him where you see his face and you may step away and think he's scary. Uh, it's, uh, shaking your little boots. Uh, <laughs> but he actually is uh, a very comedic guy. Well, I mean, and then there is, there is the meme of him in that outfit uh, at the Super Bowl. Oh, well, that... I mean, the man has been dripped out, yeah. out of the womb. No, absolutely. Like, that, that I think, is when he truly became Joe Shiesty to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, yeah, there was that meme that came out. Um, he's also just, he's very handsome, and it seemed well, like... I'm glad you said handsome, because our next guest, Brennan Highguess, my cousin... He plugged in his Instagram at the end of his interview. And if you want to check it out, some people say that he is Joe Burrow's doppelganger. Oh, can I check that out right now? Yeah, you can absolutely hang out. You can absolutely check that out. Yeah. Sort of. He has some similarities. The hair, the eyes. Well, yeah. uh, So, briefly, just again, the things that endured me to Joe Burrow were... The, me- the little meme that came of his outfit and how silly he looked, great, loved it. Um, having to just, like, look at him the whole game, and like I said, he's very handsome. It seemed like there was some, uh, like, assistant who had to, like, hairspray his single curl. <laughs> I-, I just know. I- I'm surprised the cameras didn't catch it. I'm sure every time that he was off camera, there was just some, like, shh. Oh, yeah. Um, well, we have been able to tell since the game that the NFL is just a scripted, well, scripted uh, movie. Uh, yeah, but it, again, if he's a character that I care about, like having that iconic look is important and it worked. Yeah. And then the third thing was his tweet after losing. I, I remember the vibe of the night just being bad after the game. Yeah. And... Reading the tweet the next morning, I was like, oh, I wish he said that, like, immediately after. Like, I think well, that... Well, they obviously have to, like, get their pads off and they yeah, don't get yeah, access to their phone. I was just thinking, in general, like, that would have been great to hear, like, if anyone had said that. Well, and I, I will say... It was just a well-worded message, I think. I will say, I'm very differing from most Bengals fans right now. Uh, a lot of them are just insanely happy, which, which now at this point, as we're recording this on Thursday, I feel much better. And I'm just like very happy that I got to see a Super Bowl with the Bengals in it. Um, they flew into Cincinnati just last night, or I'm sorry, a couple nights ago, just got back home and had a crowd of at least like a thousand, 2000 people like at midnight, just like holding up signs and cheering for them as they landed back in and they even threw like a little celebration the coach got a chant started outside of the airport so it has been a really sweet moment uh of all the fans kind of backing up that they're still super happy for all the players uh yeah it was i again the vibe of the party very different from the mm. vibe of Bengals twitter afterwards it, it's like it's like their rocky moment like rocky mm. doesn't you know ultimately win the fight at the end of that movie but you know they just put up such a great challenge in the first place yeah and then the fact that they were even there at all was cool well it's a it's a really nice uh difference i've been doing a lot of comparisons lately to the 2015 carolina panthers uh the 2015 carolina panthers only had one loss the entire regular season they were super bowl favorites they made it there carolina is not known to make the super bowl very often i think that might have been their first time don't quote me on that uh and they made it they lost pretty badly, um, kind of was a big upset. And after the game, their their fans kind of like put them down. Basically, it was like super disappointed that they didn't win. Uh, the quarterback, the big difference that I've seen so far is their quarterback got really down on themselves, like didn't think they were good enough, 
uh, didn't talk during the press conference, didn't go on Twitter the next day at all, just completely kind of left, and he's never been the same since. He's he's a very average starting quarterback in the league, uh, uh, probably bottom tier at this point. Um, and then a lot of people have been hating on Joe Burrow for going out and trying to like keep a clear head. Uh, right after right Super Bowl, I told you he went to a Kid Cudi concert uh, and just kind of celebrated there, got dogged on it a lot, which... I talked about it with Anthony uh, earlier on part one, but it really hurts a player mentally if they don't have people backing them, uh, and also if they don't help themselves. You can tell with the Carolina Panthers quarterback, Cam Newton, uh, just kind of fell off after that point, because not only did he have no support around him, he didn't have support in himself, to whereas I see with Joe Burrow, he has support around him with his teammates, with his fans, with his coaches. And he has complete confidence in himself that he can still be good and lead a team to the Super Bowl. So I just, when I compare those two teams, because they have a lot of similarities in a way, a very exciting young quarterback, very exciting young team that can be really good. And the Carolina Panthers immediately just fell off. And so I need to see a big significant difference in the Bengals. I definitely think Joe Burrow could be like a, a sports celebrity after this though oh yeah like i think just the nation seeing well Joe he's america's Shiesty. sweetheart you know what i mean <laughs> and again he's handsome he's got a look you get personality and he won uh comeback of the year comeback player of the year award he's won the heisman he's a college national champion he's now a super bowl player no winner but yeah hopefully one day i think i think he'll be a, a name he'll be a name to remember for sure and I think uh, a lot of people have talked about how this team may be forgotten in history because it didn't win the Super Bowl. Um, and you know, I always tell my audience when I'm being biased and when I'm not being, and I am biased sometimes, but I truly think this is a team that needs to get remembered in history. Uh, you know, if you don't follow sports, the Bengals were projected to be 3-14 and 14 this season, do nothing, get a top pick, and just start for next year. Um, but they made the Super Bowl. They have one of the most memorable characters uh, in a story, basically. Joe Burrow was just this miracle that came out of nowhere. Jamar Chase's career so far has just been a movie. But this team truly does need to be remembered for the magical drive that it had, especially the last two games, and even in the Super Bowl, if you want to consider it, to go up against such a juggernaut in the Los Angeles Rams, who were built to win the Super Bowl to see a team that was not even written in as a playoff team this year uh come within three points and maybe even a couple plays and a couple flags of becoming super bowl champions before the game i thought the most interesting commentary i would have would be on the halftime show because i've yeah, at least watched those i had a person who came in that specifically said they wanted to be like an expert on that because they're a big music head uh, yeah and michael who was in part one so I'll definitely, I'll give you the floor for like five, ten minutes. Just talk about, you know, the best performances in it, what you thought was special about it. Main question I've been asking everyone that I do also want you to answer is where does this rank all the time? Yeah, I mean, I think it was a really cool, like I said, I think this halftime show has to be a retrospective on an artist's career, and it's more fun if it's that, rather than, like, I think the, Justin Timberlake one was just a bunch of bullshit and the it was just a bunch of bullshit so and I, I don't like that the past few Super Bowls haven't really been that or the halftime shows haven't really been that mm-hmm. um, so I like that this was a Dr. Dre retrospective career you know celebration thing um, I do think Kendrick was the best performer he's just naturally a showman like we had talked about that has been agreed upon through all of my interviewees so yeah far. and they did not pick um they just did not pick the right time for mary j blige oh. i think she got screwed over the most so i in my halftime interview with michael i made a big point that her singing a ballad in between 50 cents in the club and kendrick who is a very lyrical artist and fast rapper and also Eminem right behind him. It's just a really, really interesting spot to put her. Because if you put that ballad like right before the ending song, that actually is kind of cool. 
especially if you have her in a like super cool set area as well yeah yeah i can definitely agree with that it was it was weird it didn't do it didn't do her justice i think um but overall i think i think really good it's it was solid um it was a celebration in the right way um maybe it was just the audio in the room we were watching it in but it seemed sort of low energy well um, there is a pretty clear census that uh she was lip syncing very intensely obviously everyone at the halftime show lip syncs in a slight way uh but they said her first song uh was a very big dance piece obviously let's get it crunkin um sorry i know i just meant in general the whole thing was kind of like oh that. the audio just generally oh well that was supposed to be kind of the point because you know it... well so, you know starting off with snoop dogg for example like that song's like a chill like it's well i mean i don't that. i don't know if you saw the pre-show but the man uh, clearly smoked uh like three blunts oh yeah oh before yeah before the halftime show. no it was hilarious and that's like yeah that's like actually a fact he did that which i mean we probably all assume that he would um i would i assumed he would smoke a blunt on live television yeah i don't know if he's allowed to do that but <clears throat> i mean there's a lot of things that they weren't allowed to do that they did during the show yeah, i don't uh but yeah you know snoop dogg was obviously high dre is kind of out of the prime of being able to do the really intense physical shows uh, i felt like kendrick's was very high energy yes um his sorry his was the moment that was like electrical yeah. that was the one section that i like felt it i was like oh this is big and then this is super bowl eminem felt about as electric as he could be because rap is very electric but when you do it with his style it's not the most like dancey you know like grooving music it's really like supposed to be intense hard-hitting lyrical uh so i don't know if you can go like too crazy on the intensity i'll, I'll put it this way like Eminem at the Oscars a couple years ago, I think with the same song. Yeah, lose yourself. Um, eh, no, lose yourself. Which is an Oscar winner. Yeah, but he didn't. He didn't get to perform at his own ceremony when he won. Well, yeah. So, so he, yeah, if you don't know the story, Eminem uh, was like a hundred percent sure he wasn't gonna win the Oscar, so he stayed home and slept, uh, and won the award. Yeah, and he was not there to get it. Well, anyway, I think that his Oscars performance was great, um, and it worked really well because he's performing to like a specific audience. And the Super Bowl again—it's a whole different like, vibe. It's a huge stadium. Yeah. And yeah, so overall, not like my favorite. It was—it was very good. Okay, so what the I want you to do is I want you to rank the six artists okay. on how well they did. And then rank, the, we've been doing it in two categories. We rank it based on performance, and then we ranked it based off message. The ranking of the artist, Kendrick, one. Uh, 50 Cent, two, just because him upside down. That was just hilarious. And everyone was excited to hear that song. Mm -hmm. um, Mary J. Blige, three. Even mm. though even though I, th I think she was Hot done. Hot take. I think she was done dirty. Hot take alert. I just already really like her so okay that's i was fair. i was lose yourself is a great song i've heard it a billion times i was i was more excited to hear her than eminem i guess i'm surprised on how low you're putting him on this one yeah he's last I'd oh say, he's last i'd say dre okay so there goes oh, sorry, dre, sorry. Snoop. No, no 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 never mind dre uh just because he had such great presence like, yeah on that keyboard um uh, Dre, Eminem, and then last is Snoop Dogg because I love I love Snoop Dogg. He's funny, he's like an icon. Uh, catch him on the L word. Mm. It's a weird cameo, um, and yeah, I mean he's he's him, so I can't blame him for being him. That's... But that he was just he didn't change any of his energy. You know uh, what? Well, that's your ranking. Um... Emphasis on your, but what, what was we yours? like opinions. Mine's got to go Kendrick, M, Dre, 50, Snoop, Mary. Wow. Yeah. Let me know who you guys agree with, but or if you have a list of your own, please write it down in the comments below. Uh, 
but yeah we'll we'll keep it there what's what how does this rank performance wise all time um there was a great great tweet after the super bowl that said um every other year is uh like a gay halftime show and in in the good way Mm -hmm. it's a is a is a halftime show for the gays and because it was j-lo and shakira that was a double year and so that's why we've had that's why we've had two years of straight halftime shows okay but anyway, I, I totally agree. It was a straight halftime show, and so it, it's not my favorite genre of halftime show. Yeah. The Lady Gaga one. It's so embarrassing. Genre of show, straight. Yeah, no, well, because <laughs> the Katy... But those are the better ones. Katy Perry was a great one. It was iconic. Lady Gaga falling from the ceiling like a little spider. Uh, the Beyonce one is just awesome. Even I, I even like the Madonna one. Um... I would literally rank all of those over uh, the ones that I've seen. Um, so yeah, I would unfortunately I would rank all of those over over this one. So this um, is not even top five because I'm assuming also you have Prince up there as well. Uh, In would, terms of performance, no, 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 no. no. <laughs> I would say this is probably the best of the straight halftime shows. Okay, and you've seen two. I, no, I've seen. You can count the Bruno Mars one, but that had Beyonce in it. No, the actual Bruno Mars one. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, the Weekend one, the uh, the Coldplay one, which we can argue fifty fifty because had Bruno and we love Beyonce, Beyonce and yeah. Um, but Bruno anyway. Five and Travis Scott had to be that was the worst. One. That was the worst one I've ever seen. Oh, I think Justin Timberlake is the worst one, but that you know. That's oh, that's fair. true. Uh, those those both were abysmal. Well, I won't I won't hold myself too long because I already told the audience what I think. But I have this third all time performance right behind MJ and Prince. That's crazy. That's crazy. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it very much. No, it it was it was very well done. But it's crazy that you don't have a a pop diva. In between. I like I like not having the pop in there. I really enjoyed having a hip hop rap halftime show. No, oh no no yeah yeah. Well, I mean, there's other hip hop rap halftime show. Oh well, yeah, no, I know, but I this mean, like, one Beyonce was the one I enjoyed the and, most. Like, uh, yeah, that was, okay, that's fair. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, let me know this. This has been universally agreed upon. Uh, where does this rank all time message wise? Like importance of a halftime show. Sure. Uh I mean it probably up there in the top three. Number Maybe, one. I, I I think formation was way more. Really? I think Beyonce's the the like Black Panther outfits that was in like her you know, in the lemonade era where she was touring with such a strong message and would slip in opportunities to bring up um people who were shot by the police and i i think like there was that whole vibe around her with that especially formation like what that song is about and represents in the music video um that that was way more powerful to me and it was clear it was clear Mm. um this one i mean it was celebrating Minus Eminem, and not to use this word as a white for, or this like yeah. term, but it was celebrating black excellence. Yeah, uh, and like a a whole his empire. Yeah, yeah. that Dr. Dre's like music empire, and so that so that was cool. Uh, the whole like dancing over the streets of Compton. Yep. Uh, well, they yeah, it was just it was Compton, uh, and then they obviously had a set piece of a trailer park for M because yeah. he was born in the trailer parks of Detroit, uh, and then I. I researched this, and I still see theories that are pretty true about it, that the area of the map Kendrick performed on was his hometown uh, street. Okay. Well, that's cool. I mean, yeah. And Eminem kneeling, I didn't notice that. Uh, How? Like, during the performance? (laughs) Oh, my. Yeah, he's he kneeled there for about, like, 50 seconds. Okay, well, let me explain. Like, I, I, so I remember him, like, kneeling. I didn't think it was supposed to be it's supposed to be a half and half it's supposed to be for tupac and for blm yeah well that didn't make sense that wasn't clear because you can kneel during a performance i mean he was on the kind of stage well but the nfl told him not to 
they said because he was like I want to yeah. kneel for Tupac and they were like no you can't do that and he yeah. was like you know Eminem classic style he probably was like it, fuck you it would have been fuck your mom too <laughs> it would have been more clear that he was kneeling as like a representation of like how the players were kneeling in protest mm. uh, well that's why the matter. NFL didn't want him yeah, to do it again but like the whole movement started in the NFL with Colin Kaepernick yeah but you can like kneeling is also a normal thing <laughs> like if he had done it during while singing the Star Spangled Banner or something then I'd be like oh Oh, he's doing it. Or if maybe they got all of them to Well, he, finish. I don't know if you also, he was holding his fist up while he was kneeling. You don't normally I, just I, do that. That's you not... don't normally kneel down with one knee and put your hand up in a fist and keep it, hold it there. You're not even like rocking or anything. Okay, you okay. You were just holding it. Yeah. And he held it for like 45, 50 seconds. Okay, maybe... Maybe it just in the middle of the screen. Okay, maybe it just totally, <laughs> totally flew over my head. But I again, I don't know. Like, I, like at a, he's he was on top of something, and there was stuff below him, like the mm-hmm. cameras too. Well, Dre so, was playing the piano, transitioning into the last song. Okay, well, I'm dumb. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just dumb. That's no, okay. I know. <laughs> I would. Point is, I would have liked if all the artists had done it. Yeah. If it was like a big moment or like right at the end or they perform the whole thing and then right at the end all of them do it really quick and the camera has to cut or something yeah no i agree because that i think is more god maybe i'm just dumb i don't know no no i know this this isn't super obvious no this has been really nice because you know i wasn't aware that i wasn't aware that there was a person that hadn't seen m do that uh but also the fact of I've never uh, heard the argument yet of Beyonce's performance in the halftime show. Uh, people kind of just seem to have this recency bias that this is this is the big one. This is like the new great. Um, but I totally forgot about yeah. that very powerful moment. So it's actually nice to have your two cents on it because uh, that yeah. wouldn't have been brought up in any other sense, I don't think. And that was like, that was 2016. Or 20, 2016 very, or 2017. Yeah. So people are angry. Like that was... That was what that kind of felt like. Mm-hmm. But no, I really want to thank you for giving your expertise on seeing Super Bowl for the first time. Uh, your knowledge on the Super Bowl halftime shows, which is clearly better from your than your Super Bowl knowledge. Uh, so I want to thank you for bringing that in. Well, I'm glad... Uh... Glad I got to come back, and uh, hopefully you'll have me back again. I can't wait to see you possibly for season two. See you in season two. All right. Well, thank you, Jacob. We will see you sometime soon. And it is time for our final special guest. Welcome back, everybody, to Rookie Ball. This is part two of the Bengals special episode. In part one, we recapped the game that just happened on Sunday and also talked about the halftime show. But now I am joined by a cousin, but I also like to think of him as a friend of mine. Brennan Higus uh, is on the podcast today. Hello, hello. Uh, I hope you have had the best week possible after a super loss. How have you been feeling? Uh, as good as I can. I mean, still thinking yeah. about the game, but kind it was of pushing, pushing day by day. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I brought Brennan on because we've already talked about the game with uh, Anthony Coletta, and we kind of talked about the summary. But now that the Bengals have made a Super Bowl, we got to talk about the future, don't we? Absolutely. So what do we got to get into? I, I I've had to ask this, and I know the answer to it. Although some people have not given me the same answer, which is surprising. What position do we need to tackle this offseason to get back to where we were and exceed that? Uh, first and foremost, I mean, I think we got to re-sign Jesse Bates. That's number one uh, with our cap space. And then, I mean, everybody's saying Teron Armstead uh, at O-Tackle to go after in free agency. I mean, obviously the O-line needs work, but... I w- yeah, see, for me, the obvious pick is bolster the offensive line. Now, mm-hmm. I've seen two opinions on this. Obviously, we're a young team, so this team is going to continue to get better. Do we just go out and sign these uh, like veteran at the end of their career good offensive linemen, or do we actually pick some people that have some high upside that could last with us for a little bit? Uh, I mean, I think you try to do both, you know, but, um, you know, we have a lot of money. 
going into free agency. So I think yeah, we have a ton. Yeah, I believe fourth, fifth in the league. Um, yeah. So why not sign a pretty big name guy on the O line if that's what you're trying to go towards? But also, I do see some guys in the draft that are pretty promising, like especially Tyler Linderbaum. I like him a lot. Mm. Not gonna lie, he's. I saw some highlights from him today actually that the. Uh, ESPN College Football posted, I believe, and guy, guy just pancakes everybody. <laughs> um, now, I, I've i been open to this. I've talked about this a little bit. Our first-round pick is obviously going to be the 31st pick in the draft this year, which basically makes it a second-rounder at that point. It's not the most valuable pick yeah. in the world. Is there a shot of maybe, maybe packaging that first-round pick to go get a really good offensive lineman? I, w- I mean, I have thought about that. I mean, even trade-ups. If there's, like, a guy that um, the Bengals are really set on, I could see them doing mm-hmm. that. But if there's not somebody that stands out, I don't see I don't see why we would just considering all the guys we could get in free agency unless there was one standout guy in the draft that we really wanted. Well, and, and so now talking about trading up in the draft, uh, Anthony and I had a separate conversation about this where uh there's a cornerback that's really really good in the draft i can't remember his name he's like a top five pick though and um there's obviously talks i don't know if you agree with it i don't agree with it that we should cut eli apple do you think we should do that i think it's hard to say cut eli apple i mean the guy's a starter he's better than yeah he's our number second two string guy. He's our number two cornerback. Yeah. yeah uh i just so, i mean definitely not cut if ah uh, so I honestly like his mentality. I'm I'm one of the only Bengals fans who actually kind of backs up Eli Apple a little bit. Oh, I absolutely and Anthony Anthony and I agree that we like Eli Apple. We don't want him to be cut. So the the problem for me is I feel like media is kind of pushing us to one hundred percent. That's all I see. Uh, media is also pressing us to get an offensive line, which they're right about, but they're pressing it way too much. Um. But yeah, if Eli Apple ends up getting cut, I am going to say try and trade up in the draft to go get a cornerback at that point. I would say that's our number two need behind the line at the moment. Well, in terms of second strings, second string DBs, I don't know how much better you get than Eli Apple. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So unless you're planning to go get another first string to pair with a Wouzier, yep. there's no point to cutting Eli Apple. I agree. The media also tried to push Penny Sewell last year. The and guy even said proven. right before we picked, I actually rewatched our draft, and the announcer said the Bengals. I can't remember the exact way he worded it, but basically, if the Bengals don't draft an O lineman right here, they will be the like you know the bottom line franchise. That yeah, they will be the poverty franchise. Exactly, which yeah. we which we have been for the four to five years uh, in the in the past decade. So it is tough to see, and, you know, at the time we had talked about it, uh, we both wanted them to pick Jamar. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I can have people that backs it up for me, and I also back up Brennan on this one. We had both said that we wanted Jamar. And so now we're in a situation. I've had two rules my whole life, and they both have to do with drafting in the first round. You never draft an offensive line in the first round, and you never draft a running back. That's my That's my two rules. You don't draft them in the first round. And I don't know. I feel like, and we talked about this earlier, offensive tackles, especially offensive tackles, let alone offensive linemen, take a couple years to develop. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, And so we are in our Super Bowl window right now, uh, as it is shown. So if we go out and draft an offensive tackle, an offensive lineman, that will take a year to develop and most likely will if you're picking that late in the first round. Is it even worth it then? Because he could be at his peak of talent by the time our Super Bowl era has already closed. I can see uh, both sides on that, honestly, because if you look at it, um, Pene Sewell did take some time to develop. I mean, he didn't have a flawless first couple games. He was yeah, struggling. But on really the other hand... Uh, Rashawn Slater was a guy who people, I mean, almost everybody had uh, under Penae Sewell in terms of best available O-lineman, and he played great his rookie year. I mean, he not 
perfect, but he played pretty well. Well, I think the best uh, example slash argument there, even though he was not expected to do much, I mean, Creed Humphrey from the Kansas City Chiefs was a rookie and might have been possibly the best offensive lineman in the NFL this season, uh, playing center for them. So you never know with offensive linemen, and that's why it's just way too much of a hit or miss position. Uh, yeah, look at Billy Whereas, Yeah, exactly. Uh, offensive line and running back are just such big uh, boomer bust positions, which I get every position can be a boomer bust, but you can live with an average wide receiver. But it has shown uh, in the Bengals season that you cannot live with an average offensive line. You eventually yeah. need to bolster that. Um, but yeah, so getting into the next question, we've talked about the draft. We've talked about what we th should do with the offensive line. And we've said the obvious about having to sign Jesse Bates, uh, because he's probably arguably a top two, top three safety in the league. Yes. But the big, uh, issue is here. We both believe that the draft might not be fully the answer. Uh, is there any trades we should be open to? I want you to give me your best possible blockbuster trade Ooh. that the Bengals could make this offseason. Unfortunately, I feel like our most valuable piece that we could afford to give away would be at the wide receiver position. Okay. Uh, so I, it would be sad to see, but T. Boyd is a definite two, possible one on most other teams. And I would say T. Higgins is a definite one on most other teams and maybe a number two. And if we were going to trade away a position to get a a good O-lineman, maybe with some picks on the back end of it, I would say it would be in the uh, wide receiver position. See, because so uh, we talked, me and Anthony talked about this separately on our own. Uh, he's not the best trade guy in the world. His first initial offer was Joe Mixon and a fourth round pick for Quentin Nelson, the third round pick, um, <laughs> which, you know, is not the greatest thing in the world. Um, but you talked about the one position where we can let go of some people is at wide receiver. What if I told you my blockbuster trade involved getting another one? And Ooh. I'm talking about reuniting the LSU boys. Oh, man, don't say that, because once Jay Jettis contracts up, he's taking a pay cut to come to Cincinnati. I'm genuinely telling you, <laughs> I love Tyler Boy with all my heart. You know, every time we go to a Bengals game, I tell you he's going to go off. I root for Tyler mm -hmm. Boyd like hell. But you're telling me if we had the chance to trade Tyler Boyd and maybe a second to fourth somewhere in between there round pick or maybe our first round pick this year and get Justin Jefferson back with Jamar Chase. And to have T. Higgins as your number three. Oh, I mean, I would love to see it, but <laughs> that'd be the most. I, and obviously, I'm not saying that we shouldn't trade problems in linemen. I say we go do that in free agency to have that trio of wide receivers. Because Incredible. if Justin Jefferson came over here in free agency, that's just overload because then you're never really going to use Tyler Boyd. Yeah. Um, and then he's just kind of sitting on the bench as a possible number two and even uh rarely a number one on other teams to see him sitting on the bench for most plays would be uh really depressing honestly yeah but i'm just saying i think it'd be really cool to see justin jefferson on the Bengals. he kind of upset me because i knew we were thinking about getting jamar chase i was like dang who knew his teammate was also that good um but now kind of watching him this season and seeing how much he truly is showing that he wants to play for the Bengals. I wouldn't be too upset at the reunite, uh, reuniting there. I hope it happens. I I don't know when his rookie year um, contract would be up if they have him for four or five, but I would love to see him come to the Bengals if when he becomes a free agent, if that's possible. Yeah, no doubt. Well, so bringing in a player is one thing. Letting go a player is another. If you could cut one starter from the Bengals lineup right now who's going cuts i would say i would say our super bowl lineup okay uh who who would you get rid of 
Uh, yeah, I think I would have to go Hakeem Adeniji, but I feel like we could develop him. Maybe Trey Hopkins because he's an average O-lineman who's actually getting older and degressing. I was going to say probably Trey Hopkins. The only thing that made me stay away from the first guy you talked about was until the last play, Aaron Donald really didn't do much. And I get he got like double team and triple team the whole game. Yeah. But if you're able to double team and still stop Aaron Donald, that's actually kind of impressive. Uh, that's how good he is. Um, but I don't know. I watched the game and I, I saw him stopping, but then, yeah, every time, uh, Trey Hopkins was on him, he just flew right past him. Yeah. So that's where I saw it. But all right, maybe, maybe to push away, what non-offensive lineman would you cut then? Just to make it interesting. Has to be a starter. Has to be a starter. What non-offensive lineman would you cut? Just to make it interesting. Hmm. All right, you might have to give me a sec on this. Yeah, take all the time you need. Oh, that's tough. That is tough. I mean, I can't say... I'm trying to think defense because I really like our offense, regardless of the O-line. Yeah, I think outside of O-line, there's nobody that you I would feel comfortable <sighs> cutting. I hate to say Eli Apple, but that's probably... Who I would have to pick, ah, but I don't want to pick him. I would, yeah, probably Eli Apple. I would say it would, because man, I almost just, I, I feel like it would be between him and Jermaine Pratt. Oh man, me. I love Jermaine Pratt. I, I love Jermaine Pratt. Uh, my first thought after Eli Apple was Von Bell, but then I realized Von Bell's great. Uh, yeah, I like. I would honestly say Eli Apple over Jermaine Pratt, though, just because of age. Jermaine Pratt's much younger. He's also got way more upside, in my opinion. Eli Apple has been in the league for a while. Is probably not going to get any better. I think Jermaine Pratt's got great, like, athletic build for a linebacker. He's going to be great coverage linebacker for a while. Yeah. All right. So we've talked about sending people away. We've talked about getting rid of them completely. Now let's talk about the guys that we have there solid forever. And a lot of people have had trouble with this question when I asked them. So for the future of the Bengals, if you could invest in a player's stock, like how good they can become outside of Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, who would you invest in? I would love to say Jermaine Pratt or Logan Wilson, honestly. I think both of them have some pretty good upside. Logan Wilson plays like a vet already, and he's only in his third year. Well, coming up Mm. on his third year. Um, Jermaine Pratt, I mean, he was a fourth round pick, um, that we've developed already pretty well. I think he can get a lot better. Ooh, okay, here we go. Joseph Osai. I'll pick him just to be a little, a little wild card. I think Joseph Osai could become a very, very good edge rusher along with, uh, Trey Hendrickson. So it's funny enough the, you are now the fourth person I've asked that question to, and I have still yet to hear even T. Higgins' name come up. I think T. Higgins is already a certified one receiver, so I'm just I saying, wouldn't... like, I don't know. I haven't I haven't heard his name come up one time. I haven't heard a Wouzier come up at all. This is the first time I've heard Logan Wilson. I think that's a great I think that's a great pick. That's probably who I would go with. Okay. Um Logan Wilson, you know, what is he like four four years into the league? Uh, I believe this was his second full year because the year he was the yeah. same draft as Burrow. So yeah, this would okay. be his third year. Uh, second, third, full year, like second full year. And, and without a doubt, when he was on the field, which I know wasn't much this season, uh, he was 100% the best defensive player we had Uh, in terms of impact, in terms of making the play. So I think he only gets better from here especially since this was his first breakout year. Mm-hmm. I really, I would also say DJ Reader, but he's already such a prominent D lineman. I wouldn't say stock-wise he would get much better. That's what, mm. just what I was thinking. Um, I think T. Higgins, ah, he's already, I mean, I think he's a one receiver on all but a few teams in the NFL, honestly. It's interesting to like invest in a player's stock because you did kind of make me think about it. If a player is already good, he's not going to rise. So it's not like you're getting much more profit off of it. Mm -hmm. 
So yeah, you actually have to look at those players that like no one is thinking about. It is safe though. You invest in Joseph Osaisak and and he doesn't play well. You're yeah. you're buying for cheap and then losing. You got any just like random thoughts about the offseason? Or well, something I should probably brought uh, bring up at the time we're recording this. Uh, Zach Taylor has been resigned. Has gotten a contract extension uh, up until 2026. How are we feeling about that? Uh, I think that's a good. I think that's a good sign. I mean, the guy in two years brought us to a Super Bowl. So I think you, you lead a team that was at, at one point the worst team in football to a Super Bowl a couple years later. No doubt in my mind, you should be extended a few years. I agree. I, he not... also led yeah, the. I believe by the end of the season, end of the regular season, we were still the least penalized team in the league, and for yeah. the Bengals. To have the least penalized season in the NFL is a pretty big turnaround. That's especially, a, that's a revolution right there. That's a revolution. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, it sucks that it ended up being penalties that possibly could have cost <sighs> us this game. It's very true. Um, so a little ironic there, but you know Zach Taylor much deserved to get the contract extension. Hopefully that also happens to Jesse Bates this offseason. And in a few years, Burrow, along with Higgins and Chase, it'd be really nice to have all three of them uh, after the rookie contracts run up. But just generally, you got any off-season things, uh, ideas, players that you really feel confident about trying to get? Um, I mean, I'm obviously a line's number one regard. I would like to see some oddball free agency signings like we had last year, some some guys who come from winning teams that you wouldn't really expect to have as much of an impact as they did, like Mike Hilton and Von Bell. Mm. I feel like those guys really stepped up. Trey Hendrickson, I, he did lead his team in sacks and had a great year, but a lot of people attributed it to the other guy on his D-line helping him out. Yeah. But he showed that uh, he's here to stay as a great pass rusher. I would like to see some guys like that. I think the great thing about... Uh, our signings last season was typically the Bengals have done the same strategy of signing guys that deserve a second chance. Uh, but mm -hmm. back in the day, second chance meant uh, they went to prison. Yeah. <laughs> and then came back to the league. Uh, this last offseason, we did it more as a these guys deserve a chance because they were kind of written off by their teams type thing. Mm -hmm. Obviously, Eli Apple. He was a good corner. He just had really bad, uh, really bad trash talking and out of out of the off the field problems. I love it. Um, Mike Hilton came in and kind of added his little Steelers spice to the roster. Yeah, uh, I don't know if anybody watched Titans game or I don't know if you saw this exact moment in the Titans game. Uh, Mike Hilton held a player for, or this might be might have been the Chiefs game. But Hilton held a player real bad uh, and easily got away with it. And I was like, that's a Steelers player for you. <laughs> <laughs> he taught him. He taught him well. He taught him how to get away with penalties. Apparently, he was the one who brought the toughness to the defense. Once once he got into training camp and was on the Bengals, he set the tone every day in practice to be like a, a tough defense no matter what. And from what I heard, all see because, you know, tr training camp preseason there's not too much for the media to to report on so when they get small things and at, that's what everybody on the defense was saying how mike hilton really brings the tone in practice that's good to hear because i have spent the last four to five years rooting against mike hilton um, i know huh. i remember like now i, remember, I love him <laughs> i know it's always joe hayden and mike hilton and they annoyed the hell out of me um but now now he's on the team and he seems very committed uh, he seems like he wants to play there, as do many players on and not on the team, uh, which is really interesting. How so it's not it's obviously a little twisted, uh, his words that he said during an interview. But do you think we should chase after Rob Gronkowski after the statement he made? Ooh. It, it, if it's a one year which it probably would be in Gronk's case. I mean, why not, honestly? It's uh, just, it's the <sighs> same scenario of, you know, when they were on the Patriots and on the Bucks, you root against them 
And you say that you hate them, but if you had the chance to have Tom Brady and or Rob Gronkowski on your team, you would instantly take them. For sure. Now, the only issue is the guy we have at tight end right now is kind of our heart and soul of the team. Yeah, that's what I mean. I, I don't know if it's realistic, especially in the Bengals case scenario, but I wouldn't be opposed if I heard the news. That's what I was going to, because just like TB, Uzama is, you know, he has a special place in my heart. I don't think he's, I don't think he's the most talented guy that we could possibly have at that position. No. If that makes any sense. No, he's um, definitely not, but he's a hard worker and uh a lot of the guys in the locker room respect him. I mean, I don't know if you found this very obvious, but I think he was clearly injured during the game. Um, oh yeah, no, uh I, I saw a tweet afterwards by a doctor that said his uh his recovery time would have been four to six weeks and he recovered in two yeah, weeks. Yeah, he refused to get an MRI. Uh, when he got injured like he was clearly injured so it is really nice to see that grit and grime um at the same time was it really helping our team to have him injured out like was he that much better than drew sample to have him injured out there than than uh it was probably it was probably more for him honestly i under i understand that i understand that um but i mean there was players on the ram side that kind of had to watch the game happen and not be there. And I would use OBJ as an example, but that happened during the game. So that's a little different. Yeah. I mean, Eric Weddle got hurt in the first quarter, I believe. I saw that picture of his shoulder. Uh, It was, it was really rough. I know. Um, but yeah, no, in terms of this last season, like you said, with, with Gronkowski, it's, if if he truly wants to come here and like ask the Bengals to give him one year offer, I absolutely have no problem with CJ riding the bench for a year mm-hmm. uh, and seeing if adding Gronk. I mean, imagine if we grabbed Gronk and then traded for Jay Jettas. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, we were on two tight end sets a lot. Well, uh, yeah, maybe not a lot, but more than other teams because we like to have that extra down lineman when we run the ball. Yeah, and, and then you have two amazing tight ends. You know, if you do the stream scenario where we get Justin Jefferson, you have three legit number one receivers uh, on a single line. It'd be unstoppable. Crazy. You just have to make sure that Joe Burrow is getting a line. Not to mention that you also have a top five running back right behind you. Top four. Ah. Uh, well you know that's not that's not my my decision (laughs) i i have him right there at number five fair all right well that's all i'm gonna wrap it up i'm gonna make it short make sure everybody gets the points i want to thank you for coming on brennan thank you for sharing your thoughts with us yeah thanks for having me uh is there anything you want to plug in here maybe an instagram or something like that here at the end yeah, sure. Follow my Instagram, Brennan.Higus. I wouldn't mind a few more followers. Yeah, of course. Well, I want to thank you, as I said, uh, and I'm sure we will see you for future episodes. So I hope you enjoy your weekend. Yeah, you as well. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is all the time we have today for the Rookie Ball season finale, the Bengals Special Edition episode two-parter. These two parts of an episode took a while to make, a while to edit, so I really hope you guys enjoyed it. I'm super proud of how it's turned out. Obviously, as I said before, I am upset that the Bengals did lose the Super Bowl, but I'm super proud of how far that team has come, and in my 19 and a half years of living, I've never gotten to see one of my teams win a playoff game, so it's very exciting. Yes, I may be upset, but... As an NFL fan, I couldn't be more happy. And as a Bengals fan, I couldn't be more proud. And I want to thank you guys, whether you were NFL fans or not, for sitting through all of these talks of the NFL games. I really hope you guys are looking forward to Season 2 when we get into a lot more sports, a lot more variety, and a lot more excitement. So, ladies and gentlemen, for the last time here on Season 1 of Rookie Ball, I will see you guys on the flippity flip. Get out of here!